brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Prep radio on time, on target. I am going to make my headphones slightly louder. Sure. Totally unprofessional here. <laughs> uh, it, it's been a while since we've had Rob O'Neill in studio. I feel like this entire audience obviously knows you. No introduction needed. Former SEAL Team 6, Dev Grew, um, author of The Operator, and also the co-founder of Your Grateful Nation, which we can get into. We should. But and I, I, it's been too long, Ian. Yeah, uh, we were saying that it's probably been like a year and a it's half. A year and something, a year and change, yeah. So, but I think before we get into like any big stuff, what like what have you been up to since people last heard you on the show? People will follow your social media now, but. Yeah, uh, just a lot of traveling. I do a lot of appearances for my foundation, Your Grateful Nation. We're getting bigger and we're transitioning a lot more special operators to the private sector, which is our mission that we can get into later. So we do different uh different events here and there we we got some upcoming stuff in in boston and charlotte and in uh in nashville things like that we're always looking for for uh places to go just to introduce people to to the a lot of the a lot of the people that um special operators a lot of rangers a lot of green berets um guys that 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 um have been doing the the stuff behind the scenes the the harder stuff than i ever did and uh we're just getting them jobs in the private sector so a lot of that i do uh public speaking with a group out of washington dc called leading authorities where I get into why we were successful as a high-performance team in the military and how the traits are applicable to normal life and um, how to be successful based on like one meal at a time, one day at a time will equal a good year and uh, be good to each other, things like that. A lot of travel. Uh, I did get married a year and a half ago. So, uh, Congrats. Thank you. She's awesome. I'm wondering if that happened before the last time we talked to her. It ha- it, it, yeah, it was before the last time, so we did okay. talk about Jess. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we... She's become like a social media she presence. She kind of has, yeah. Because of you, but... <laughs> well, she's got, a, she's got a, a, a quick wit. She's very easy on the eyes, and she'll just snap at you, and people just, people <laughs> dig her. She's, she's fun to look at, fun to watch her do stuff, and, and uh, so between... She's got a real job, and I, I don't know what I do for a living, so I... So I'm, I <laughs> We're trying to spend all of our time just doing stuff together when, when she's not working. And uh, between that, family stuff, and trying to get some leisure in here and there, yeah, it's been busy. Really I busy. mean, it is funny to say that you don't have a real job because you're doing all these speaking engagements. You're also promoting Yeah, the but book. It's, it's fun, though. It's uh, Getting in front of people, it almost turns into an, uh, an adrenaline rush that you kind of need. Like I'll, My best day is when I get off the stage after being in front of a, a big group. Just because being in front of people and, and uh, sharing stories and then uh, interacting, it's nice too because I get to, I get to talk to thousands of people personally a week face to face, and it's nice and reassuring to find out that the country is not as bad as as a lot of people on the on the news on TV like to say it is. And social media. Oh, of every, oh yeah, social media is the worst. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, some of the best advice I have for people if you want to be um, 
have a positive day. Get out of bed. Don't check social media till at least noon. I've I've been doing that. It's actually. Smart. It's yeah. Turn, turn the moment you wake up to have to do, and it is always just negativity. It's always trending. negativity. Yeah. It's it's. Um, I went for a walk this morning well, and just try to. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I always do. That. Get you know, drink a big glass of water before you get your coffee, and then get outside. Let the sun hit you. Walk for a little bit. Do something athletic. It's because the people on social media aren't. You know, it's like it's like being on television. You, you know, you might be talking to a few million people, but you're talking to them one and twos in their own living rooms. So people on social media, they're hollering at it. They're yelling at their screen. Yeah, they're not yelling at a real person. And but but you read the negative, especially negativity by by yourself until you get used to it. Like get that thick skin. That's like this is it's almost entertaining because the, th- the the deeper you get into the Twitter sphere, the funnier the haters actually get. Yeah, they're I mean they're r- vicious, but but very creative. It's also all created, I think, to be. I mean, not I think it is created to be a lot very of addictive. A lot. Oh yeah. Oh, it totally is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's everything from the algorithms that, that decide because you bought this on Amazon that they're going to send you the, the ads for this other stuff that's going to be like right now. Yeah. I'm getting all these um, ads for huge those huge um, beanbag chairs. Okay. Because I I want one, and so I've been shopping for them, and now it's like all I see is these kick ass beanbag chairs that turns turned into beds and. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's yeah. all it's it's all geared to to get you addicted and and, oh, yeah. and to hate yourself and and you're like no longer uh, a human being, you're just a consumer. Well, yeah, that's all. Yeah, but yeah, so social media is interesting. You know, stay off that as long as you can. Um, get a workout in. Yeah, I, I agree with and all. Take of that. everything with a grain of salt. Like I said, I meet I meet, I meet so many people a week. I've yet to meet a hater, but they're all over the internet. Yeah, never to yeah, your face. No, no, never. I don't think really to anyone's face. I mean, you know, you got the guy in New Zealand that got the egg popped over his head. He probably deserved yes, that. Yes, I did see that. That was crazy. And but then, then, the, then, and the then he got, got punched in the face. He deserved that. Yeah. That's that's what it's like. That's talking, talking shit uh, in person, yeah. which you can get punched in the face. Absolutely. People are less likely to talk shit when they can actually get punched in the face. Well said, man. <laughs> before we get into, we should uh, write that one down. It's pretty good. <laughs> but before we get into like any topics of substance here, I wanted to ask you about this. I, I did hear the original Howard Stern interview, yes. which was incredible. Thank Howard's. You. I mean, I think everybody would agree who really you know is objective. Howard's like the best. Howard is out the, there. Howard is the best interview in the world. Yeah, uh, I heard he's getting caught by Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe I, Rogan's great. I, see, I, I've not been on his show, but you I know have what been. the difference is, though. I feel like so. If you go on Howard and you're a featured guest, which you've mm-hmm. been, I feel like it's 40 minutes or so, and he really gets into everything. He gets into everything. Sometimes Rogan, I, and I love Rogan. Yeah. It I, I, can I listen to three hours of you know Alex Jones ranting, for example? Like <laughs> it, it goes really long. Sometimes. If, if you're listening to Alex Jones for how many hours, it will be Alex Jones <laughs> ranting. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. Um, but Rogan's podcast. I mean, it's yeah, oh, yeah, certain, certain episodes yeah. are two to three hours and, That's and incredible. i do at times i'm like all right i tune out after a mm-hmm. while i kind of mm-hmm. tap out but i i love rogan yeah i don't know with, I think, with I howard, howard, howard though i think i mean he's obviously so experienced he's been doing it forever but with, with howard stern is i think he can prepare so in depth so quickly i think that he, he ta- i mean he obviously prepares for everything he does but then he takes like the, the the for me it was like four or five songs they were playing while he was kind of going through the stuff and he just knew everything yeah so he's, he's a really smart guy really good guy and um for for me, it was the you know the first the first three or four minutes is is trying to get over being starstruck because you leave the green room, take a right, and then you're just in Howard Stern Stern's um, studio. Then the next, which two, I would think has to be just like a holy shit it's, moment. It is. I've been listening to Howard Stern since before I was a seal, and, and one of the first times I heard him was 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 right when I was at my, my first day at Buds. So it's the first three minutes is starstruck. The second 
two minutes are you're sitting on the couch. How much dried semen am I actually in right now? <laughs> but then he's getting to the interview and he just, and he, he, he's so good at getting you in the moment and then just hitting you with a, you know, not a mud suck, but like a really cool question that no one's ever asked. Yeah. I, I loved it. I, I had a blast. I'd go back anytime. I was going to ask you about that because I'm originally from here in New York. Howard has always been a presence in New York. He's always been looked at as like this legendary radio personality in New York. Yeah, and, WNBC. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then to K Rock and everything. So I was wondering, as a guy in Montana, it might be the stereotype I have in my head. But when you think of the people who hate Howard Stern, they tried to like ban him when his book is number one. Yes. I think of like those people in Montana are are a lot of those people who are unfamiliar with him. And they see this man as the anti. Yeah, because we, we didn't get him in Montana. We didn't get a lot of things. When, yeah. I, when I left Montana, it was it was January 1996. So not, I mean, like the internet had barely been invented. I, you know, um, and I'd heard of Howard Stern. Uh, didn't really get a chance to follow him. You can't you couldn't stream online. But when I got to Buds, someone was playing him. One of my four roommates was playing him, and I heard that voice, that, that iconic voice. I'm like, that guy's really good. Who is? It? Like that's Howard Stern. So when I said I listened to him before Buds, I mean like. Five minutes before Bud started, <laughs> wow. Howard was on. It was, it was really cool. And then uh, just to you went it, like little things. Looking back in life, how life is just a blink of an eye. I'm listening to Howard Stern as an E2 at Bud's, and uh, having like my, my father's telling me keep journals because someday someone's going to run and read your book. I'm never thinking. Well, I'm thinking who the fuck's going to want to read my book? And I'd never in a million years. Oh, I'm going to be on that show. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy if you think back in time. Like everything you're planning for. It, life is what's happening around you as you're planning for something different. Never, it never seems to work out the way it does. But just a weird, weird, uh, weird how small world. Well, would it be fair to say you've kind of become a regular there too? You did the wrap up show several times because I've tuned I'm, in and they're I'm like able Rob O'Neill. I'm here. able to get in there once in a while when the, the they invited me to be on the wrap up show, which is really cool. Baba Boo is awesome. Yeah. The guys that work there are awesome. My friend Tim Montana was on there, and I went with him. And I've been in there a few times just because I like to I like to get in there and just kind of be there. Because if if stuff's going on, especially on uh, you know radio that's nonstop, even like twenty four hour news cycle, whatever, if you're there, they might invite you in just to talk for a few minutes. And so, and, and anything on serious, as you know, it's just it's just fun to get on there. And that's also the thing about working in that building is like every, you never know who's just who are gonna, you gonna, be who are gonna run into around yeah, the hallway because right, right, all the shows are right there. Yeah, and it's I mean Howard's got his own spot, but like everyone, it's it's, it's yeah. everyone's got a really cool studio hallways right there. The big thing with the you can take the pictures. Kick us, kick us. I, I've never been to Howard's spot, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was part of his deal, his contract. His he, he gets that part, yeah. Yeah. But he, he deserves it. And, I mean, you've done a ton of shows over there and then just media in general. And, and I guess now you're getting time to just do other things that are important to you, as you said, working with vets. And- yeah. Um, the foundation, Your Grateful Nation, that I started, I'm getting to spend more time with. Uh, because I got out of the Navy just under 17 years, didn't know what the hell I was going to do. And it's scary for every veteran that gets out. Even if you retire, it's like, okay, I'm getting what 40% of my base pay, but the mortgage is going to be due every year now. So a lot of vets don't know what they're qualified for, but it turns out they're qualified for a a lot more than they realize. And especially now, a lot of employers, they don't want to hire a lot of people out of college because they have some worthless degrees 
based on on yes. on um, political correctness, something that nobody cares about. Like I feel like my degree in radio is worthless. Somehow I made it work. Yeah, it's what's working. But no, I mean like the very few you know welders out there. Yeah, very yeah. few people with 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 vote vocational technical skills or whatever. So when, when veterans... And, and you're, especially when you're here in New York, I feel like in Montana, it's probably a totally different it's a, well, it's a different. It's a different, it's different up there. But in a, in a better way, you know, oh, yeah. in that you're going to do something that you can get a job right out of high school with. Possibly. And that's important because those skills are going away. Just like when employers, and we're talking, we're talking major companies of every, from, from every uh, industry, they don't, they, they would rather take someone with the skills of a special operator of a ranger, you know, uh, uh, that, that, that knows how to work as a team, lead at a young age, have been leading up until retirement or close to retirement, and the loyalty that comes with it. Like, I, d- I don't care personally about myself. I care about the mission of the team, and that's what a lot of these people bring. So I'm able to spend a lot more time explaining that we, what your Grateful Nation does to these industries. And it's individualized, so we'll, we'll find out where the, where the operator wants to work, which city, which industry, and then we make the introduction, and then we can do like a nine or... 10 or 12 uh, month um, uh, mentorship. And then they hire them to like a, a major um, managerial level position where they're managing major product project yeah. projects. So I'm able to do more of that now that it's slow. It's slowed down a little for me. I've, I've been able to, I'm not jumping, trying to get through every hoop right now. So it's um, still busy, but I get, a, I, I actually hired a green Beret Colonel to run the foundation, nice. Rob Carilla, because I, just one of those typical Navy SEAL things. Well, I'll get out and I'll sell sunglasses and I can run this <laughs> company and blah, blah, blah. It turns out, yeah. you know what? I was an enlisted shooter. I, I, I might need a, a, a colonel to, to run this thing, yeah. which is actually true. It's, it's humbling. He's a great guy. So he's running it. And because of his connections, we're getting a lot of Army guys out. Um, and again, it's special operators right now, but hopefully we can expand to, to everybody, anyone that wants. I mean, we try to hook everyone up, but we're specializing in special operators right now. So it's yourgratefulnation.org if you want to check yes, that out and see what the mission is, see what they're doing. I wanted to ask you about this, although I have no idea what you're allowed to say. Uh-huh. Everybody who's seen it on the news, the operator has been picked up as a possible movie by, from Lorne Michaels, creator of SNL. <laughs> I, I just want to hear all that. That I cannot comment on. I've <laughs> At seen, all. I'm on the internet once in a while, yeah, so yeah. I've seen the story. Uh, I did get to watch uh, a live SNL um, from like the green room area. Nice. My wife and I did get to go down there, so I, I've met Lauren Michaels, and that that is cool. That's just a. That's a. I mean, if who, you can who hosted when you uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, nice. So if you can, um, if you can, if you can put aside your politics and just enjoy like very talented writers and, and very talented actors um, put on a show. It, oh man, SNL is awesome. Well, I, whatever happens with it, I mean, I think people will be excited to watch it if if that is in the future because the book was a huge success. Is still charting high on Amazon and all that and you know it's changed a lot of people's lives. It would it would be interesting to see what it would be about because there's been so many movies already about some of the stuff some of the stuff my team did. I, I was wondering your opinion on that actually. Do you think it's gotten oversaturated to a point because, you know, after a point where you've put out a book, Brandon's put out a book, Marcus Luttrell and like all these things were huge successes at a certain point, there's kind of like a drop off from there. I, I don't. I don't know because there's so many different stories. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that there's people out there with a much more dangerous job than than uh, than I had, and that's the truth. Like, it, okay, we a, a, as uh, Navy SEALs, we're we're hitting point targets at night with night vision, and on our terms. Think about the Marines in Helmand Province that are walking through um, minefields. That legitimately have friends get shot and killed, blown up. I mean, th- those are stories. Every 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 person has a story that I think people need to know for a number of reasons. 
one, because you got to realize that there are very small percentage of, of Americans and coalition forces over there doing a job that most people wouldn't do. And it doesn't matter. A lot of people that disagree with the world, that's fine. They'll say that uh, if you think you're fighting for freedom, you're wrong. It's not necessarily the case because I, I do believe if we're over there fighting, that, that it doesn't give them a time to, 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 to rest, re- recover, and attack because you know they're not going to forget about us. Um, like the Bin Laden raid, there's more than 27, 28 different stories about that from the pilot, the co-pilot to the, the flight crews. The, um, the, the dog handler, you know, the snipers, the ground force commander. I hope everybody tells their story. because Are, uh, are those guys interested in telling their story from what you I know? I think they're coming around. We, uh, we're working on a new exhibit in lower Manhattan here um, at the 9-11 Memorial. And it's, it's going, it should come out in a few months. And it's, it's going to be the, um, it's about the hunt for bin Laden. And it's, it's hopefully going to be not just the, the team, because there was so much more behind the scenes. It wasn't just, it wasn't, like, look at me. I'm the guy that, that turned a corner because of the guy in front of me because of tactics invented by someone smarter than us. Uh, the pilots that got us there, right? The intel that found it, the, the people that made the call up to President Obama, even though a lot of the listeners won't like that, President Obama gave the green sure. light. Everyone in the, in the three-letter agencies, everyone in the cabinet, the people arguing between the three-letter agencies and the White House, um, the JSOC, uh, McRaven, Admiral McRaven, um, there's so much. There's so much there that I. I mean, we're pretty happy that George Washington brought a biographer with him when he yeah. crossed the Delaware. Sure. I think that people in a hundred years would like to know how we found Bin Laden and got him. And hopefully, there's another exhibit how we get Hamza Bin Laden here in the next year. I, you know what I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna mention <laughs> nice you. It is a nice segue. So next week on the show, we have C.J. Ramon coming on, mm-hmm. who's like a huge friend of the show, uh, bass player for the Ramones, and he's that is also, so awesome. I was listening also, to the Ramones in the weight room today. So he's a former Marine. Great dude, and he actually, uh, before he came on, he emailed the show, because we did a Q&A, Jack and I, last episode, that, that went really well, um, and he was like, are we going to have to send Rob O'Neill over there no, to take Rob's out... good. <laughs> to, to take <laughs> no, out no, Bin Laden's no, 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 no. son. No, I'm good. I, uh, I'll <laughs> so, make... by the way, the bass player of the Ramones is a fan well, of yours. That's well, pretty, that's pretty cool right there. <laughs> um, no, I, I, you will hear me joke about it on Twitter. But there are people there in in a, in, in a each branch that that are that are more capable than I would be at this point. <laughs> nice, yeah. But I mean, if I could help, I would. I'm not going over there though. But you've been following the story. Yeah, I'm familiar with the story. I know what's happening there. I think you know Al Qaeda is one of those things where they're in the they're in the marathon, they're in the long game, and and they were probably happy with ISIS because it gave them time to breathe. Even though the people over there in uh, you know the, the eastern part of Afghanistan, the air base is doing drone strikes, are concentrating. We we can we can shift there, and there's there's thousands of Al Qaeda fighters out there that, that want to hit us again. And uh, I'm an Al Zawahiri who took over, obviously, for Osama bin Laden once once we got him. He's just not dynamic, and mm-hmm. he's not like he's not even he's nothing to listen to, and they don't we don't take him serious. He's a, he's a, he's a doctor that from Egypt. That blah 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 blah. Uh, Hamza's got the name recognition. He's got the the reasons. Um, he, cause he lost his first brother, uh, Syed bin Laden was killed in the drone strike in, I want to say 2009. Obviously his brother Khalid bin Laden was killed about nine seconds before his father, Osama bin Laden. And he's got the, he's been, he's been, uh, shaped for this and he's had the training. He, he was, he was raised by the Iranians, um, which is crazy to think about with the, between the, the Sunni Shia thing. Yeah. And now he's, t- he's about 30, I think. And he's at the point where he could be the face t- for another rise of Al Qaeda which they don't really do in front of us like ISIS did. And they're not huge into the beheading videos. They're, th- my saying is that ISIS wants to stab you in the front and cut your head off. 
on television, and Al Qaeda was is, will stab you in the back in ten years. Mm-hmm. Look at look at nineteen ninety three. They 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 hit the World Trade Center. They wanted to blow one up into the other. Well, they didn't succeed, but they didn't forget, and they came back in two thousand one. Yeah, and they're going to come back, and that's what they, this is kind of what they need. So fortunately, we have men and women who are tracking him, and he's going to get cocky and stick his head out. And then uh, I don't think it'll be a cross border type assault. I think it'll be a drone strike, something like that. It's interesting that you've kind of befriended people in the Trump family. I just see from your social media and all that. Do you ever give them like your take on what should be done foreign policy wise? Because it's been uh, especially a lot of changes we've spoken about on the show with Mattis no longer in the administration, who I think people saw as less of an interventionist kind of guy as opposed to a John Bolton, you know. Yeah, I've gotten to know them. Well, I met Donald Trump when he was, before he was a president. I met President Trump before he was a president because I was working with a, a, a firm that represented a company that grooms uh, women for Miss USA. And okay. he was running. It was a weird connection. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I got an opportunity to, to sort of host one of the smaller ones, invited to the Miss USA pageant, and I met you Donald Trump. You just get Trump. invited to like all yeah, types of weird. crazy shit because of who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and so I met Trump. Judging Miss USA, here's the man who shot the first. The, I didn't judge that. I judged. <laughs> I judged one of the like satellite. Okay. Was sending one of them to to uh, to the Miss USA pageant. But um, uh, Donald Trump, when I first met him, he came into the room and just typical Donald Trump saw this. Said, "Hey, everybody, it's uh, Donald Trump, one of the most important men in the room." And he just goes, "One of the most." <laughs> so that was funny. And I met him that way, and I'd met him a couple times, and then when he initially decided to run to the presidency, he asked me to come endorse him, which is kind of a funny story because I, I was living in Dallas and Dallas is obviously an hour behind New York and Donald Trump doesn't drink and I do. And so he called me at like 6 a.m. his time on a Saturday. It was 5 a.m. my time. And I'm in, I'm in uh, my... Talk I'm, about surreal though. To yeah. Answer your, I mean, uh, well, your yeah, cell no, that's, phone, that's how Donald Trump. So it, it, he called and like we had a big night in Dallas. So I'm I'm alone in my uh, I'm in my guest room by myself, sleeping on top of the covers when my phone rings. I pick it up. He's like, "Hey, Rob, it's Donald Trump." I'm, I'm like, "Seriously, fuck off!" And I hung up because I didn't think it was no real. Way. I thought it was like my neighbor. Holy then he shit. called back and he's like, "Yeah, I want you to come up and endorse me. I'm going to run for president." And I, I said I got nothing better to do on Saturday. I I, I went up. There. When did you realize it was really him? No, I knew this on the second on the like... second call because he was pulling one of his classic moves where he's got the speakerphone out and he's got like three people in his office so they can hear who he's calling. He does it with Tom Brady all the time. Okay. That's like his go to. Um, but so that I went up there just to check it out and I didn't officially endorse him just because I you know I, he, I I I know I know he's going to say stuff I don't agree with and I don't want to be on that side of it. But um, you know I I've known him for a while. I've been to the White House yeah. for dinner. Um, I, he spoke at one of my wife's events and I, I talked to him there and then I, I know Donald Trump Jr. Well, and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't per se give them foreign policy advice. I mean, I've, I've, you know, they'll see what I say on Twitter and I agree with them a lot and I disagree with them. Like the military parade thing. I was, a, I was big against, against I that. remember that. Yeah. We don't need that. That's, that's not a good idea. Uh, and here's why. And I kind of would say it, but they, they don't really. I'm not in the cabinet by any means. Sure. And I, but, I, but I would think he would value, you know, the advice of someone like you who's been there, who's done that, who's lived the life of an operator I would, for how, how many years? Uh, it's almost 17. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I would I hope give so, a valuable opinion. It seems like once you get to a certain level of even officers, especially at the general officer level, when you get to this the, between 06, 07, and then um, I think that they stop worrying about what the people on the ground think and start worrying about politics. Yeah, because there are a lot of people on the ground, even junior officers. I don't mean even junior officers. I'm saying like the O three and 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 O four. 
and then the, like E eighty nine, they don't they don't they don't listen to them anymore. Even though we could have won a lot of these things simply by listening to people on the ground, we wouldn't be in the spot we're in now in Afghanistan if we would have listened to what guys on the ground were saying in two thousand five. Just it, it, there was I had a, I had a, a a Navy SEAL admiral when I suggested something in a meeting say. I said something about IEDs and suicide bombers. He said, there's no such thing as IEDs and suicide bombers in Afghanistan, which was true then, but we're like, we know that, sir, but there will be. Yeah. Well, there won't. I'm like, well, yeah, but there will be, but there won't. Yeah, okay, sir, there will be. Yeah. And then look what we have now. Now now you, you get enough uh, high-ranking officers, politicians, and lawyers involved. You get a situation like Afghanistan, we're like, okay, what are we, what are we supposed to do now? Well, you know what's interesting is that now we have people in a position of authority in Congress, like Dan Crenshaw, oh, who have Dan seen Crenshaw's the same awesome. things you've seen. I was wondering your take on on how he feels about foreign policy as well as yours, because one thing I've learned from doing this show is that not just the military, but the special operations world in general is definitely not a monolith. Like when he was on with Jack Murphy and I, they vehemently disagreed on foreign policy. You know, Jack is a guy who who says like, are we going to be in these nations forever? You know, and uh, Dan Crenshaw on the show was saying, look, we've been in Germany for how many years? We've been in Japan. You know, maybe we do have to have a long-term presence in Iraq and Afghanistan. And, and these guys disagreed on that type of stuff. I was wondering, do you... I Yeah, I can't speak for either one of those two. I can see pretty much both sides, but it's, it's very different um, staying in Nazi Germany than it is in Afghanistan. There's a different... There's a in, in in Germany. It's almost like the German people knew what happened, and then they kind of they want to they want to try to rebuild and help. Afghanistan, we're we're now invaders, and the ideology that we're fighting isn't going to be won by by Marines driving Humvees through the three highways in Afghanistan. And, and I mean, now we're trying to apparently make peace with the, the Taliban, Taliban, which yeah. makes people say, "Why did we even go in the first place?" Yeah. Well, know? I mean, well, yeah. Look at John Walker Lynn's getting out of uh, prison in May. Just going to release him to Ireland. Like he's an American tell, and he said he was associated with. He's shooting at those guys. You know damn well he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have been executed years ago. Um, just we with the thing. Except I think the only other than th- this city of New York, the problem is people keep forgetting to never forget. And negotiating with the talent. I mean, that could have worked as soon as we crushed Al Qaeda, and as soon as they went to Pakistan, it, it could have worked. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with the Bath Party in Iraq. It's like what do you do when you finally Saddam, Udi, and Kusay are out of the what? They're out of there, but they're hidden. Now you keep the military in place, let them run their thing, and then we'll find them eventually. With the Taliban, the Taliban, first of all, if they thought we were serious, they would have given us bin Laden. They don't want any. They don't want anyone, any foreigners, including Al Qaeda, in in there. Um, now we are going to renegotiate, and they're going to do the same stuff they did when when the Soviets left. You know, they're going to tell the people they're back. They're going to live under light Sharia, whatever, and then as soon, then they're going to just start turning the screws again. The corruption will come back again. It's but. So we stay there. I mean, what are we going to just keep building schools to get blown up by them? Keep getting people killed for no reason and having people on the ground just say, do the, do the minimum amount you can to make sure you and your friends get home. Yeah. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. I mean, what I, I mean, what I think we should do in Afghanistan is you keep a presence in Bagram uh, at the airfield. So it's like a, a, it's almost like a carrier, but you, you know, you have, you have the pilots there. If, and when training camps get rebuilt, you bomb them, and then you can have the pilots having green bean coffee in a few hours anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, you keep a, keep the skeletal government in Kabul with you know some diplomats and obviously security force, and then probably stuff in places like Jalalabad for the cross border um, operation when you, you know, hit the drone strikes for senior level Al Qaeda guys. And and if you've ne- if you've never been to Jalalabad, uh, the, I have not. <laughs> the base they have over there, it's like going to a European resort. 
I, I have heard that yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. Actually, um, Sean uh, Parnell yes. was talking all about that on the show with us. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. They about have, how he was just saying that, you know, being a guy on the ground doing the work, then going back there. It's unbelievable. It's like, what, what, where am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, personal showers, uh, your personal room. They got a bar with a dance floor on some of it. Yeah. Uh, alleged, Acor- according to Sean Parnell on the podcast, yeah. he, you could get a full wax. <laughs> and he was like, he, a guy he was serving with said, I'm going to get waxed. And it's just a funny story. That is really Sean, funny. And Sean Parnell was like, why? And then he was just thinking about this. He's like, we're in the middle of, uh, you we're know. A, supposedly in a combat zone. <laughs> yeah. And and this guy wants to get his dick waxed. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty funny. Any, any, any story with a full wax is good. I don't really care what part of the world you're in. He's yeah, a funny guy, Sean. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know Sean. Um, it's he's got a great book too. Yes, he did. Uh, Outlaw, Outlaw Platoon, right? Yes, and yeah. he's got two. He's got another one. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, I thought military guys didn't write books. I, I, be, I, know. I got a lot of shit for that. Yep. I'm, Brandon I'm, has talked about the same. I'm thing. the only one who's ever written a book. I know. <laughs> um, I, according you, to Brandon, like guys who gave him shit for writing a book have, have written now books. written books. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, of course they will. Well, I have guys that gave me shit that they get out and they're like, "Hey, how do I get on the speaker circuit? Yeah. Well, you know, when do I start and how much do I get paid? Type shit. It's like, oh, we're good now. <laughs> yeah. That's now, gotta be weird. Once it, no, it's it's just it's the bubble it's the it's the bubble of being in the teams being in the military where you're there i, I explain to people look when you're in high school and that girl breaks your heart and high school is the most important thing in your life it's the most important thing in your life until it ends and then it ends of course and then you go to college and college is the most important thing in your life nothing like and then it ends and so like with the navy you join the navy you're in the teams you're here you're it's the greatest and then it ends and as soon as you leave the navy does not care about you and they're not paying the bills and that's the realization. The bubble's there. Um, long live the brotherhood, all that good stuff. But your mortgage is due again. Yeah. I always, I, I love to tell people, yeah, you, you tell me about the silent professional the day after your first mortgage payment after you got out of the military. Well, since we're talking about this, Brandon actually wanted me to bring it up with you. And it was something he wanted to get in with you. But as we know, Brandon is but always traveling, too damn important. traveling everywhere. <laughs> but he, he was saying, um, you know, and, and you've heard him talk about this, but these guys on Twitter and Instagram who like attack other guys in the community, we all know about Brandon's kind of feud with Chris Osmond mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And he just feels like it's a bad look for the community. It's setting a bad example. It is. And, and just wanted to get your take on that. Well, my take is, first of all, what is it? What are, what is it, what are you getting out of it? Other than if you're attacking someone else, what are you getting out of it? Uh, nothing. Yeah. And you're spreading negativity. And again, being in the bubble, you got to realize when you get to a, a public a platform, it's not just your guys watching you. It's not just other Navy SEALs or other or other uh, uh, Green Berets. It's the world, yeah. It's a, there's, there's a lot of potential. Like this, it, it could affect recruiting. Yeah. There's, there's 14-year-old boys out there watching this, and they, they, they want to see something else. Not, they, not that they want to, but they should be seeing something else. Not this, this petty whatever it is. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I try not to engage in it. Uh, a couple of cocktails, I'm, you know, I might F with some people. But, yeah. but I, it, 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 there's no reason to eat your own, I don't, I don't think. Uh, successful people want to see other people succeed. And I, 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 I think part of the problem is um, <sighs> some people must be upset with decisions they made in the past and they're taking out on other people or something like that. But th- I, I see no need for jealousy. Jealousy is just a weird reflection on yourself. And we know when I see people succeed, it's great. Yeah. Good for you. 
for sure. And because yeah. you're, you're a guy who has succeeded. So there's well, nothing, I, I'm there's a guy that succeeded because of other guys. And yeah. that was at a position where I could go. This is where I learned it. I would go to SEAL Team 6 every day and work with people who were better than me. And instead of being jealous and trying to undermine them, I'm, what is what habits is that guy doing? Why is he so good at this? Yeah. How, how is he getting to the draw so quick? Why is he moving to the house so smooth? What can I do to... I want to beat him, yes. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to just undermine him. To, I'm not going to try to drag him down to my level. I'm trying to get up to his. For sure. Um, I wanted to ask you as well. I, I had Kristen Beck in here yes. and asked her about it. I, I don't know if you know Jake's wig, also a former SEAL. I'm, I'm familiar with Jake, and I think I met him like twice when he was a teammate, I think. Cool. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. I asked him his take on he's a, this. He's a tough guy, too, by the way. Yes. I've heard, I haven't <laughs> ever seen I've heard stories, and I've seen him physically. So he's, a, he's, he's well, pretty impressive. Did you hear about the uh, Top Shot stuff? No, like allegedly, from what I heard, you know, he had a really bad image on on Top Shot as like the villain of that show. But from what, oh, right. I, yeah, from yeah. what I heard, actually, you know, behind the scenes stuff is that Jake was winning every single contest. And they were like, we can't have this guy winning everything. And they were giving him guns that don't work. And he's what like, an fuck this. I'm what asshole's here. not him? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to what I was huh. asking. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm, it's yeah, pretty crazy story. But uh, yeah, so I asked Jake, I asked Kristen, wanted to get your take as well on what's you know happening with Chief Eddie Gallagher. And there's been a lot of different um, sides to this, I think, because the guys accusing Chief Eddie Gallagher of war crimes are, are also SEALs. And, and there's been, you know, questioning... What's the motive, and and also it, what did he do? I would question the motive first. I I, w- I was not there for any of this, and I've never met Chief Gallagher. Um, if we're at a position where our own guys in a combat zone are turning in their guys, that's a sad state of affairs right there. That's just, that's something that should be handled internally, and then the leadership inside of there should handle it. Some of the accusations I've heard were that he was randomly shooting people all the time, and he was upsetting his junior guys. I've been to combat. You you are not allowed to randomly shoot civilians anywhere. You you can't just get away with it. That's not going to happen. I mean, it, it's, it's it won't happen just based on based on all the technology that we have. Uh, you know, I've heard that he was running his guys too hard and something like that. And then uh, I mean, see, there's all these rumors, and I hate the rumors because you don't know what's true. There was the rumors yeah. on they say well on social media of him with a decapitated head, which I'm pretty sure by now we would have seen. Right? It's not. I don't. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that stuff. And then, and then with um, NCIS is all over him. And the biggest problem with NCIS is they made a really good show about NCIS, so they think they're cool in there. And they're, I mean, they're, 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 they're out. I can't even talk about them. I don't want to get anything on the record. They're, they're, they're pretty much disgusting. They're trying, to, they're trying to convict our own guys. So um, um, he's got a problem with NCIS, and I, I guess, again, rumor mill. I don't want to start anything. They're, they're, they, 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 they were afraid of retribution from him, so they locked him. Now he's been in. How long has he been locked up? Seven months now. I, I, I a lot, and so it'll yeah. be it'll be over over half a year when he gets his first day in court that he's been locked up in, in general population with convicted sex offenders. Um, and he, like, I mean, not saying that he's in danger of that, but like these are horrible people, and they got Chief Gallagher, who I consider a, a, a hero, you know, at the at the at, at the at the least. And a defender of of not only his guys but of our country, and now he's he's being treated like a criminal, even though he hasn't had his day in court yet. It's just, it's a shame. He should be with his family. Look what the, look what they're doing to his family. The, the the raid on the house to get him out, you know, or, or pulling the kids out. What just horrible stuff they're doing. He should at least he should. I mean, if anything, he should be a house arrest or something. But yeah. he's he's in a brig wearing Miramar. So, I wish I knew more about it right right now, but it's just I don't I don't like it. No, I I hear you, and, and it's something we've discussed on the podcast at length. Uh, Jack Murphy though has talked about it. It's been written about it, you know, the 
And the thing that Jack said to Jake, and they seem to be somewhat on opposing sides on this, was let's say these accusations are true that he's murdering, you know, children with hatchets and, and this type of thing that was mentioned. Is this who we are? And, and you know, should you not out guys for doing that type of thing? And, you know, Jake talked about the savagery that ISIS has done of murdering pilots, you know, in cages. But Jack's rebuttal to that on the show that we did with him was, you know, are, are we just going to be doing the we're, same we're thing not that ISIS, ISIS does? We're not yeah. ISIS. yeah. But it's, it's one thing to be murdering kids with hatchets. It's another thing to be accused of murdering kids with hatchets. Because it's getting, it's getting, oh, there's no proof of any of this. Yeah. And I, I, I'm serious when I say that it, if you're doing this, someone's, someone's going to say something and you're going to stop or you're going to get pulled off the battlefield. So why do you think these SEALs came out and did this? I, I, I don't, I can't even speculate. I, yeah. I, uh, they obviously have a bone to pick. And I, I've, you know, again, I hate the rumors because I'm, I, Having been places where people weren't, but they make judgment, kind of makes me hesitant to say, to say anything. But it just sounds like a a, 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 a not a rivalry, but just a, a they they don't like them. And I've heard whisper campaigns and crap like that. So I, I don't know. I wish I wish I wish you would get a quicker day in court with evidence because it's a, it's a, no regardless. It's a shame what, what what's happening to him right now. Yeah, I don't like it. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, I I do see both sides on on. You know, some level. The thing that's just interesting, though, is like I said, the two guys. It's two guys, right? Accusing him of this. I, do, I, I, I don't seals. even know that. I can look. Yeah, well, we can both check it out. But yeah, when I when I just see that these guys are former seals, you know, that, it's, that's, it's, that's it's not right it's not like it's a top level of the military going after seals. It's seals going after fellow seals. Yeah, and you can't do that. I mean, you gotta you gotta maintain the trust, especially in a, in a combat zone like that. And they shouldn't be doing that. Uh, so I was wondering some other stuff that we could hit on here. Oh, you know what you brought up before, Tim Montana. Yes. You were in his video for the one that you, which, what, what we filmed a video a couple of years ago that you need to check out on YouTube called Hillbilly Rich. Yes. Which I the last think, time you were yeah, on here, we, we talked about that. that. I think Hillbilly Rich is, um, I think it's his best song. It's definitely his best video at, that's out right now. Cause you're in. Cause I'm, yeah, cause <laughs> I'm in it. No, it's just a cool video. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Rolls Royce, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer cheerleaders, mansions, helicopters, yachts. Yeah. Very fun. And you get video. like fast food, right? Like, yeah, well, yeah. If two guys from Montana, if you steal a, a, a Rolls Royce Wraith, you're gonna go to you're gonna go to Checkerburger right off the bat. Checkers is great. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Nice plug, by the way. I like that. If you're listening. Um, so then he just filmed one in in our hometown of Butte, Montana, with a bunch of locals. It's a total blue collar. Uh, song we we feature first responders, cops, firefighters, miners, welders. My father's in it. He made a cameo for on my behalf. He's holding nice. my my red buds helmet for third phase, <laughs> and that's called American Threat. And that's just becoming a kind of it's it's slowly. It, it, I think it got to, it got top twenty on uh, on on iTunes, and uh, so American Threads out there right now. We're checking out great song. And then we we just finished filming one in Nashville um, that actually Charlie Sheen directed, which is cool. And that one's called Mostly Stoned. How did that happen? How did the Charlie Sheen? I mean, how do you even get in touch with? Charlie I introduced Sheen, you know? Charlie and Tim maybe a year ago, and I met I met Charlie through my father because of something with the the RJO Apparel stuff. Okay, Charlie's got a hat. Shameless plug if you're watching on YouTube. RJO Apparel, you can get <laughs> one of those at robertjoneal.com also. There's also personalized signed books there, so we, we'll, nice. send, we'll send you one today. Um, um, tr- yeah, somehow Charlie and I got in, introduced through that, and then he invited me to dinner at his house. That's so I've be been been to his house a few days. Amazing. Yeah, it's cool. 
And then he he came he came out here. He brought me to. Uh, he did a show with Andy Cohen for um, so, something. We just went we came, went to dinner here at uh, um, Uncle Jack's Steak. I'm dropping the okay. hell out of some names. Yeah. Um, so we're doing all this, and I tell you what. You haven't really seen paparazzi until you hang out with Charlie Sheen in New York. It's, I would assume it's so, pretty man. funny. Yeah. It's funny because we're inside sipping scotch, having red wine, and I don't assume I'm getting walking out into sunlight. It's just stuff everywhere. And, no, and to be fair, it's also because of who you are. I don't know. Charlie, Charlie's got a bigger it, following. Oh, than I do. oh, of course, but it's also just a weird meeting between Charlie Sheen yeah. and and your background. It, it's it is weird, and and he's funny. He calls it some cosmic collection of however <laughs> Charlie talks type stuff. <laughs> and so uh, I introduced I introduced I sent Charlie. Um, the video Hillbilly Rich, and he he just called it. Uh, what did he call it? Uh, uh, um, what did he call that? Uh, uh, he called it something classic, but it was it was a lot cooler than what I'm what I'm saying. But uh, a cold a cold hard classic. Okay. So he tweeted that out, and that I introduced them. Timmy went out to to, the, to there, and they decided that he he wanted to, uh, to direct a music video. So Charlie flew out to Nashville, and the song is it's called Mostly Stoned, and it's being released on 420, which is appropriate, nice. I think. And it's just a really um, I've seen the video. Um, it's not released yet, but. I've the whole thing. He, he, Charlie's just a really talented guy, and he's got some great vision. And just the whole video is is uh, it's excellent. It's 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 good. So I was on it. Uh, Crispy's in it. Um, if you f- follow him on uh, on uh, Insta, and then Timmy obviously. And he actually brought out the uh, the red convertible from the movie Navy Seals as a surprise to Tim. And it's a, it's a Montana plate said M stoned. And so that that's in the video too. It's, it's, were, were you a fan of uh, the Navy Seals? Oh movie? yeah, oh okay. yeah. I saw it as soon as it came out. It's so crazy because I feel like every Seal who comes on the show is like a fan of. The oh movie. yeah, the movie's Dra- awesome. Drago has said Dra- before that the reason he joined the Seals was Navy <laughs> was because Seals. of Navy Seals. You know that the bar in Virginia Beach uh, called the Ready Room, um, and she, boy, that's less than a mile from where I lived in Virginia Beach. That's that's in the movie Navy Seals. Okay, so. I was, boy, that was, that was like 1989, 1990, so I'm, what, 15 years old, watching a movie with my future friend in a bar that I will hang out in. It's in one of those crazy, small, yeah. world, full circle type things. Yeah, so I liked the movie. Um, I wasn't going to join, but I did like the movie. I thought it was, thought it was cool. I, di- I didn't decide for another five years after that movie came out that I was going to join. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like the uh, consensus has always been, oh, the movie's really cheesy, but at the same time, I loved it. You Who know? cares if it's cheesy? Yeah. That's supposed to be. It's awesome. But the guy that's, um, that did the jump off the bridge in the movie Navy Seals, he was out there with us, too. That's Char- it's been Charlie's um, um, stuntman for his, the whole time. I'm excited for uh, Top Gun 2 when that comes out. Yeah, how about we'll see that? How it is. Yeah, yeah. Could obviously- be great, could be terrible. It's going to go one of two ways. Super yeah. Troopers 2 was, I liked it. Okay. I was worried about that. So, I mean, Top Gun. You know, they were going to make a Forrest Gump sequel. I did not know that. That's a true story. Um, they, I, I, I think they handed in the script uh, on September 10th, 2001. And obviously the next day, and they decided this movie doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I, I'm not making that up. I would think the uh, the appeal too of a Top Gun two is like we because I, I know Top Gun was like a military recruitment tool on oh, some yeah. level, and all the movies coming out now, unfortunately, because we've been at war for so many years, they're like these very tragic stories of uh, you know guys like uh, wow why, why why am I drawing a blank here Chris. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, Chris Kyle. Sorry, that's okay. How am I? How am I drawing a blank on Chris? I've drawn so many blanks today. Um, Yeah, no. So you know the stories of Chris Kyle, the stories of Marcus Luttrell. These are really crazy stories. In Chris Kyle's case, tragic stories. 
And I feel like Top Gun was just a fun movie Top Gun used was as fun. a recruitment tool. Well, and even, we need that for this even, generation. Even the, even the bad guys in Top Gun, they had the, the dark mask. We don't know which country they're from. Could be China, could be Russia, could be whatever, Syria. Who knows what it was? But now it's, I mean, I'm assuming Top Gun's got to be something like carrier guys hitting targets in Afghanistan, something like that. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I they're, so, a, they're so old now. They could never be, you know. No, I don't know what, they're gonna, they'll figure it out. Yeah. We were, at, we were actually at the ready room. In, this is another, I just thought of this because of Top Gun. Another nice. funny ass story because the ready room is right by Damneck, but Damneck is an annex of Oceana, which is a master jet base, which is where all the F-18s are. So we're at the ready room and there was some pilots in there and, you know, young cocky pilots and those young cocky Navy SEALs talking to each other. And they said, they were talking about something about the coolest job in the Navy. And one of the, my, one of my buddies said to the pilot, he said, you know, damn well, there are no, uh, there are no Tom Cruises in the Navy, but we got plenty Charlie Sheets. <laughs> Besides that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, that's, it's a good line. Yeah. I just thought of that. Thank I, you. I wanted to uh, ask you before we wrap up, because yep. you're another guy like me who's, uh, and I know from reading your book, into metal, into hip hop. I also All see it, yeah. on your Instagram that you'll be wearing like an Onyx hoodie. Oh, yeah. You love like the 90s hip hop Wu-Tang I got, stuff. I got the Onyx hoodie from Onyx based on a post in my Holy Wu-Tang shirt. shirt. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> they saw it. I'm like, so this could work. This influencing on social media shit could work. That's so cool. Yeah, man. I know. They're, and there's great stories. So here's what I was going to ask you. For me, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 32 years old, mm-hmm. so I'm younger than you, but I still was around when like that 90s hip hop was a big thing. I got into music very young. I grew up in on Long Island right mm-hmm. near Queens and it was like you couldn't go anywhere without hearing oh, sure. uh, you know Cannabis, LL Cool J, Wu-Tang Clan, Onyx like I could go on the list, you know, Cool G rap, Nas. For you growing up in Montana, was it like a weird thing to be into No, rap? no because um I so we're talking right you know early 90s, 91, 92, 93. Um we, I was, I played basketball. Yeah, and I hung out with the basketball crowd. And even though we're all white guys, yeah, I was going to ask. I was like, uh, are there black dudes? Yeah, yeah. In we, there, well, it's, it's obviously mostly mostly white. Yeah. Um, but because we played basketball and because we were watching like the Pistons, the Bulls, it was okay for us to listen to hip hop. So we, I remember when uh, when Snoop came out with Dre. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, um, so we would we listen to that uh, a lot of Ice Cubes, uh, you know, uh, Midnight Ice Tea. So it was okay for us because we we didn't know what fucking dorks we were, <laughs> but that's how I and I, I would I remember I actually went back to the house I grew up in maybe a month ago to the hoop I used to shoot on. I remember listening to um, to Onyx out there, you know, with my shitty little headphones before like a like a Walkman and all that stuff. It just it's funny, yeah. But I, mean, I, I love all of it, like yeah. uh, you know everything from from you know on one end you got. Uh, Sticky fingers and onyx to, to Tim Montana over here. Yeah. You got you know Metallica's been around forever, and I'm a big Demon Hunter fan. It's like there's nice. What, just you know, just don't don't limit yourself. The thing I love about and it's okay onyx. for white guys to listen to hip hop. Yes, I agree, of course. <laughs> and, and you know what? I th- I feel like in New York, it's like a given. That that's okay. I think it the rest be. of the country, it's I don't know, but um, I, the thing I love about Onyx is like when I'm lifting, when I'm working out, I'm listening to mostly metal. To me, Onyx is comparable to that in its heaviness it's such angry music like the way sticky oh fingers yeah raps, oh yeah Pedro star raps it's just he's it's been he's angry been angry forever intense. yeah I'll, I'll you know you know who's still around that i follow on on instagram is a uh, cypress hill and they're still crushing it amazing yeah, yeah. no you know what i was going to tell you um, and i still don't know if that lead singer is white or black uh, I I think he might be mixed. Is he might be real? Yeah, I think because I was saying that nowadays the stuff he was saying, some of the words he was using in the nineties, 
Is it still cool for him to say? I don't think he's white though. I think he's I think he's mixed or something like that. He's good. Um, but it was funny because we're talking about music. I was going to tell you if you look behind here. Uh, which is where you signed, and you signed right over there where, yeah. the, where the guys that never quit. Uh-huh. So a lot more guys have signed since you've been here. I had my friend Sean the Butcher, who's a DJ on Sirius XM Liquid Metal, sign that. So you've shown the Butcher right there oh, yeah, cool. above the only easy days yesterday. And he's asking me about all these signatures. He's like, who's that? Oh, that's Scott Kelly, um, retired U.S. astronaut, yep. spent the mm-hmm. most days in space. Yes, he did. Oh, that's that's Rob O'Neill, Bin Laden shooter. And then he looks at himself. He's like, God, I fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun having him in. I had him on with Pat McNamara, and we just talked metal because Pat is like the that's biggest really cool. metal head that's really cool. you'll ever meet. Yeah. So. I was going to ask you a few random questions I, I actually wrote down here in terms yes. of music. We'll do one metal and one uh, hip-hop one, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up here. But Tupac or Biggie? That is a tough one. Right? Yeah. Right now, it's Biggie. Okay. But a year ago, it would have been Tupac because I, I go back and forth. That's yeah. a tough one. It's crazy to think how young they were, too, when I'm they going, died. I'm, the, go, I'm going with Biggie. Okay. And the full discography like that they put out, mm-hmm. you know, I mean – I think 24, or it's just crazy to me, the amount of music they put out. At that young age, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, and then of the big four, Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, Anthrax, who would you take? Metallica. Okay. I agree with you on that one, because I feel like Metallica, I love a lot of Slayer stuff, a lot of Megadeth stuff, but Metallica probably has, like, the best catalog. Yeah, well, they do, they do. And, and again, you got to keep politics out of everything. But, yeah, just the longevity, they're all all around. Um, I have an awesome picture of... uh, to just to totally name drop of uh my mom we were backstage at a Jim Jeffries concert okay. with my mom Jim Jeffries yeah, the comedian and, and the lead singer with. Slayer nice yeah nice. that so, was pretty Tom cool Tom Mariah right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the thing about no the lead guitarist then sorry oh uh, Carrie King yes. bald dude yeah, with all the, the, the tattoos, tattoos on his head yeah sorry about that yeah I so can't believe yeah. they're retiring it's uh I think that it, forever. I think they're still like doing a few more shows it's like this long retirement tour and then they're done Supposedly, Kiss is retiring. Yeah, the Kiss said they were retiring. I am. Uh, I'm actually going tomorrow. And the uh, the embarrassing thing, though, is and watching like, dude, Paul Stanley is up there lip singing. And is he lip singing? Yeah, dude. It's it's very obvious. Uh, that and sucks. Well, they've been at just, it since. It's sad to see, though, man. Like, I understand a little backing track here or there, but the whole thing. But like, I I want to see well, a no, live performance. There's no way he still has that voice, though. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And he Gene can't. Gene Simmons is still fine, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, it's kind of weird that this is how they're going out. I mean, I know that they've been a band since the 70s, but it's like. No, but, I, G, I, but Gene's still singing? Gene sounds great. Yeah, okay, Gene good. still sounds good. Um, the band is a, as a whole, but Paul Stanley has lost his voice. And personally, I'd rather see him like struggle through these songs. Yeah, just, than, just try to get it out. Yeah, you know, like I'm a huge Motley Crue fan. Yes. Which I'm excited to see the dirt coming out. But yeah. Vince, Vince Neil, he's, his voice is not what it now, once that's, was. That's a, docu- that's a documentary, right? Uh, no, it, it, is it, it actually a movie? is a movie. Because I, I know the book. The book's incredible. The book was great. Incredible. Yeah. I'm like almost getting goosebumps. Like, how, how are you still alive? Yeah. It's like that old saying. It's like. Like, you know, we got to start thinking about not not with Miley Crew, but we got to start thinking about what kind of a world we're going to leave behind for Keith Richards. Yeah, like he's going to outlive all of us, <laughs> and he's still having kids. Get out. Yeah, I, th- I think recently either him or Mick Jagger had like another kid. Mick Jagger, love him. Nikki Six just had another kid. So, yeah. Uh, actually, other than Tim Montana, what what have you been listening to lately? Any new stuff or um, new? No. Uh, not really anything new. I, I, I'm a big Avenged Sevenfold fan. Okay. I like, I like a lot of their stuff. I'm trying to think of anything new that's on my... Uh, I've been like Shazamming stuff. So I'm finding like random stuff here and there that I... And it's everything from hip hop to... Uh, 
Um, no, when I lift, like now I'm listening to podcasts and, and, and books and stuff just to, just, I can't when I lift, but I listen when I lift, I can, but, and then, but when I'm doing cardio, I'll watch, um, I'll watch TV shows like workaholics or, or, uh, AP bio is a new one, or or obviously, um, uh, always sunny in Philadelphia because I like, I like to laugh and almost fall off the treadmill. (laughs) It's just so good. I've done it before. I've fallen off the, I've fallen laughing and, uh, at the busiest time in the gym and everyone in the gym kind of did the whole. Like they, everyone saw it. I'm like, okay, good. No one saw it. And then like the, the little lady that works there came up with a cold towel. Like, will this help? I'm like, so you saw it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So just leave mid workout. Yeah. No, for me, it's a lot of metal and hip hop. Although I can't get into this new, I, I feel like an old man, but this new like trap music that all sounds the same. It's the exact same yeah. flow. I'm no, just like, no. what is this? No. I can, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old. You are. Yeah, that's it's it's tough, but that's what's happening. Yeah, they saw uh, like Takashi sixty nine and all that. I'm just I listen to it and I'm just like, it sounds the how, same. How could you even compare this to Wu Tang Clan or Nas? Amazing lyricism, you know? No, can't. Yeah, uh, we are getting old. Yeah, that's it's what almost it is. like can you turn that down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Get off my lawn. But before we wrap things up, and this has been an awesome discussion, uh, I, I do always like to let you guys know about what we have going here at Hurricane. Uh, Be sure to check out Crate Club. We've switched things up recently with a quarterly membership, allowing us to deliver deliver more hand-picked tactical gear to your door, tested and approved by Special Ops veterans. We have uh, the Dash One Crate, the Pro Crate, and then those who are looking for the uh, Holy Grail of gear subscriptions, we have our Premium Crate. These are all available at CrateClub.us. That's CrateClub.us. Sign up today. And then also as a reminder for those listening, now is the time to sign up for the Spec Ops channel. That's our channel that offers the most exclusive shows, documentaries, and interviews covering the most exciting military content today. The Spec Ops channel premiere show Training Cell follows former Special Operations Forces as they participate in the most advanced training in the country. Everything from shooting schools, defensive driving, jungle and winter warfare, climbing, and much more. Again, you can watch this content by subscribing to the Spec Ops channel at specopschannel.com and take advantage of a membership for only $4.99 a month. Once again, that's specopschannel.com. Sign up today. Last, if you're not already signed up at thenewsrep.com, you've got to get on board. Expert reporting and actionable intelligence from your favorite writers you've heard on here like Jack Murphy, George Hand, Alex Hollings, Joe Lefebvre, and the many guest writers who pop up on there as well. Unlimited access to NewsRep on any device. Unlimited access to the app. Join the War Room community. You'll get invitations to our exclusive events. It's all ad-free for members. We have a trial up right now where you can get four weeks for just $1.99. Pretty amazing. Sign up now at thenewsrep.com. That's thenewsrep.com. And by the way, for those uh, not in the know, we have our SoftRep Radio app that you can download for free on the iPhone or Android and our homepage, softrepradio.com, where you can visit all of our full archives of shows, uh, including the last two times you were on. Outstanding. Uh, as always, keep up with us on uh, sop- at softrepradio.com. Uh, yeah, anything else before we get out of here? Yes, or? as you were uh, doing that, I, I had a look at my playlist, and I needed to give a shout-out to the Eagles of Death Metal. Oh, nice, okay. So, they've got one of the best, best front men in the business. So I was listening to, I've been listening to them lately, too. I forgot about okay. that really unique sound, so I had to, had to, had to drop, had a name drop one more time. And I feel like everybody knows them, unfortunately, for the, the uh, uh, Bataclan, yeah that, yeah. that was them, which just is insanely shitty. Yeah, I mean, and it's a weird way to get publicity. You it know, sucks. Not for that, your that, that's how I heard of them. Really? Yeah, I watched the documentary, and then I, I started... Uh, um, 
checking them out, so they're really good. I, I didn't know that. Is there a documentary on Netflix? Yeah, um, I don't know where I found it, but I was at I was at home one day, like in a good mood, so I decided to see if I could stomach it. And it is a that's a I, I don't know what the name. Yeah, check it out. I don't know what the documentary. Yeah, is. I'm sure if you just look up Eagles of yeah, of it's, death it's, metal. It, they're 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 obviously really scarred. And for those not in the know, because I like I, I am familiar with them. Despite the name, yeah. not, not a death metal band. Oh no, no, they're they're a kick. They're one of the best live shows. Like I, I got to see them. I'm going to find yeah. out where they but are. But people would assume that Eagles are. Oh, that, death that's why I heard. I'm like, why the hell is a death metal band playing Paris? Yeah, yeah. but th- they are a blast, and yeah. uh, I've been listening to them, so I wanted to. Cool. Well, um, robertjoneal.com, yourgratefulnation.org, at Mikuya on Twitter, on Instagram, yep. which you've told the story for before. Yeah, it's Mikuya is a name because uh, when I was still in, I think. One of my buddies told me about this new thing called Twitter, and it's a lot of fun. And you just make up a fake name, and then we just mess with each other. And you can you can f with other people. Yeah. And um, so Mikuya is you know Huya with an M C yeah. like Irish Huya, yeah Mikuya. And somehow and then it's I woke, caught on overnight. Overnight when my name was leaked, uh, I woke up with like ten thousand followers. And I'm like, God damn it! I guess I'm Makuya now. Yeah, so I am. Do you wish it was at Robert J O'Neill? I should have done that, but I don't. Whatever. It's yeah. It'll 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 catch on. I, I dig it though. Yeah. I, th- I think it's cool to have you know something that's just a yeah, different nickname, dude. Always great seeing you, yeah. man. I'm, great I'm glad to that, Thanks, we, that we finally did this again because it's like I Indeed. said, it's been quite a while. Been too long. Um, we'll do this again. And, of course. And I, I like hearing your take on issues and all that other. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll talk more music next time. I'll be I'll be better prepared. We should maybe we can get like I said, Sean the Butcher in here. Do it. I'm in. Talk battle. Uh, Absolutely fun, man. All right, great as always, man. Thank you, appreciate sir. it. Listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.